Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Dr. Rima Bonario. Dr. Rima is a dream weaver soul coach, and wild heart healer who draws from the culmination of 30 years of her own evolution to help women experience personal wholeness, relationship harmony, and material abundance in their lives. Rima specializes in the arena of personal sovereignty and the challenge many women face in maintaining a healthy balance between caring for others and caring for themselves. Her doctoral work in transformational psychology informs her coaching, workshops, online courses, and guided tours to historically sacred places and supports women to shed their fears, embody their feminine power, and manifest their deepest dreams. I'm so excited that you are here, Dreamweaver. How are you today? I'm so great. I'm so glad to be here as well. It's just a real honor to be on your show. Oh, well, thank you, Rima. I'm excited to have you. You're my first Dreamweaver Soul Coach and Wild Heart Healer. <laughs> so, <laughs> although I, I'm guessing that amongst most of my wickedly smart women, there's an aspect of each of those pieces. I am curious. I want to start our conversation, Dr. Rima. Were you always like personally sovereign? Were you the kid that was like, this is the way it's going to be to your parents? Or did personal sovereignty come as an evolutionary process for you? What a fantastic opening question. I I think I started out as a young child having some deep connection to my own sovereignty. And like many people, that connection got lost over time. And I struggled as a teenager. I struggled as a young woman in an early marriage that was just a disaster and even struggled in my second marriage, which has been a beautiful evolutionary relationship. But as is the case with evolutionary relationships, there's work to be done. And so finding what it means to me to be in my sovereign expression has been a lifelong journey. And it's my passion now supporting others and being able to do the same. So for those listeners, and we have listeners in 106 countries around the world, Dr. Rima, for those listeners who may not even know what we're talking about when it comes to personal sovereignty, or may not even have the awareness that that possibility exists. Can you go a little bit deeper for us around the idea of sovereignty and personal sovereignty? So I think of sovereignty as my capacity to really be self-directed. And the dictionary definition of the word is all about feeling that you get to 
have your own decisions, live your own life free from undue influence, external influence, and able to be in a state of self-governance. And the truth is, as women, very often we have not felt that we have our lives free from the interference of others. Even to this day, even in the West, where we have a lot of freedoms that are newly won, we are not all the way there. And even around the rest of the world, I mean, it can be even more difficult for people to feel and women to feel that they have a sense of self-governance. So part of what I support women in doing is starting with the question of how well are you governing yourself and how well are you doing at allowing yourself to have sovereignty inside, internally, in the internal planes. And as we work on it in that domain, we start to see it manifest in our exterior life. Mm, Yeah, beautiful. So let's go a little bit deeper into the idea of, you know, here in the West, right? We are very privileged in terms of from the external world's perspective, in terms of our ability to self-govern. And yet, certainly in the last decade, we have seen quite a sharp backlash to some of the hard-won rights that have been acquired and, you know, starting back 100 plus years ago with the suffragettes. So what I'd like to ask you now is, you know, it feels very tiring. Dr. Rima, (laughs) it feels very tiring to push through into the outer world. So can you talk a little bit about this process of moving from the inner world, which you and I both know, you know, is where we have to start to actually gaining ground and holding it in the outer world? Well, here's the beautiful thing about when we do this work and we come at it through the doorway that I teach, which is through the lens of the sacred feminine, the divine feminine energy and embodying that energy as emissaries of the divine feminine. When we hold it inside of ourselves, there is no push necessary. What happens is we become magnetic. We become embodied. We become settled and centered in ourselves and our own way of living and being. We're we're focused on the being nature, which is the feminine aspect. Our doing nature, I love to be a badass and get stuff done. And that's my masculine capacity. And when I lived exclusively out of my masculine capacity, I was literally exhausted all the time. I was resentful. I was I sometimes my daughter calls it salty, but for me, it feels like being brittle and dry mm-hmm. and not alive. And, you know, on the moment I could flip into being triggered by something and just, you know, not really in that soft, luscious, juicy, feminine place. And what I've learned is that I can get enough done. There is a place of enoughness that we discover. And this is this is a mystery to most of us because we live in a world that doesn't recognize enoughness, that wants us to be constantly in this state of producing and striving and driving and creating so that we can somehow earn our place in the world. And that's very much the masculine approach. Although I will tell you that men, because, you know, and this is, these are generalizations, of course, not all women are like this, not all all men are like this, but in general, the male principle 
masculine energy is what we revere. So, so male embodied people don't tend to have as much of a question about their place in the world. It fits a little bit more easily for them. They see themselves reflected continually. Whereas women, it's a little harder for us to see that. So, so when the call to be productive comes up, it flips into this thing of, oh, I have to do this in order to be loved or to be respected or to be accepted. And then it gets tangled up with our sense of our purpose, our sense of our worthiness, our sense of our deep meaning. And the the way of approaching success that I teach, the way of approaching life that I teach is about really embodying those principles first and then the world has to organize around us in a different way because we're simply unavailable for that other way of of living we're we're unavailable for that and nobody gets to be 100% perfect nobody we're not aiming for perfection here we're not giving ourselves another yardstick to fail to live up to we're simply saying that this is a new set of skills we are going to develop and live into to the best of our ability on any given day. And it's literally life-changing when it happens. Mm, Beautiful. So you've spoken quite a bit about embodying and embodiment is definitely something that, you know, I've heard a, a lot about from many people. I've also worked with it myself. And Again, for our listeners around the world who may not really be clear, what what exactly does that mean, embodiment? Particularly because the masculine principle not only is revered, but the intellect principle is also revered. And so the mind takes precedence culturally and socially and globally over the body. All of us, men and women, are conditioned that that is is primary. So talk a little bit about this idea of full embodiment. Well, I grew up in a family that, I mean, talk about worshiping the mind. I mean, that's what it was all about. We were not sporty people. We were not, you know, fashion plate people. It was 100% about how you performed at school. My dad was a college professor. So it was all about the brains. And and I, so I really leaned into that, you know, and that was where I was comfortable. And because my parents were old school Italian Catholic, I mean, they used physical reinforcement, you know, <laughs> that was like how, how we were told we were off the path, you know. And so for me, it, as a young child, it was pretty painful to be in my body. I mean, you know, you could never knew when a smack was coming or a some kind of jarring experience, whether, you know, it was elevated energy, yelling, whatever it might be. So I was, I got very comfortable with living from the neck up, right? Mm -hmm. Completely in my head. And I'm also an air sign. So, you know, all that just came super easily to me. And what I learned as I set out on the road of spiritual development, I was really blessed to have this awakening, expansive moment of really feeling that deep connection to the divine. And I thought, wow, this, this is amazing. I want this to be my life experience all the time. And so I had to go about the work of creating that. And and what I learned was that there were places I could not go. That level of bliss, that level of connection was not available to me unless I was willing to get into my heart and into my body. Because all of our life experiences, our, our little T and big T traumas get stored 
in our nervous system, in our body, that the body remembers. And so when something comes into our space that reminds us of a past trauma, our body is launched into a response for that within less than two seconds, long before our brain can think about how we want to respond. And so all the healing, therefore, that we when we want to get to the very deepest level of healing, we have to work through the body to excavate these old places, these memories, these wounded spots, these habits of attention that our body has so that we can create better, more, what I like to call wildly fulfilling habits of attention instead. And that happens through the body. Oh, beautiful. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into a lot, <laughs> a lot more. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I am celebrating today. We actually launched our book, Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action and Transforming Worlds, a few weeks ago, and it was a number one new release across six different categories in three different countries and also an international number one bestseller, plus a whole bunch of other, I think we we ranked in 35 different places. So we're really excited about that. If you want to know more about the book, certainly check out the previous episodes where we talk about it or right there on the website, on the Wickedly Smart Women website, you can access your copy of the book as well. We do want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners around the world who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We have 106 countries listening right now, and we're going to shout out this week to our listeners in Brazil, Oman, and Rwanda. And we will be right back with Dr. Rima Bonario. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Dr. Rima. And before we went to the break, we were talking all about how the mind and the masculine has been revered culturally, not just, you know, in the last couple hundred years, but for probably thousands of years. And before we went to the break, we were speaking about your awakening to the divine. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I want to let everyone know that you can find out more about Dr. Rima and the work that she is offering 
at RimaBonario.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So go right ahead over there if you're feeling awakened by this conversation that Dr. Rima and I are having. So it's funny because as as we were talking in the front half of the show, Dr. Rima, there's parts of my own journey, which this always is the case. There's always a part of my own journey that shows up with whoever I'm interviewing. So you mentioned this divine awakening or awakening to the divine experience that you had. I too had a spiritual awakening, which became the end of my highly masculinized operating system, right? There's a whole generation of women that you know, came up through the feminism era or just past the, you know, rise of the feminism era and decided we all had to be boys with breasts. We had to be, you know, really highly masculinized. And so I'd love to have you speak, if you would, about your awakening to the divine experience. I was really blessed to be reading a book. I was reading Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Mastery of Love. And, you know, I had gotten almost all the way through the book. I was really like four pages from the end. And I don't know what it was. You know how it is. You're just in the right moment, in the right place, in the right time, in the right state. And something just opened up. And I looked out the window and suddenly the trees were were swaying and I was the trees. And then I looked at the coffee table and I had some roses on the table. Oh my gosh, I am the roses. And I put like this little rose petal on my head so I could just feel myself as the rose, you know? And I went into this reverie, you know, I'm not sure how long it lasted, some 20 or 30 minutes. And I was just, you know, weeping with joy at this feeling of this incredible bliss and oneness. And that actually lasted like five days. I was on this incredible spiritual high. And I went to go buy his other book on Sunday, the next day, because I thought, wow, you know, if that's what I got out that, let's see what happens here. Of course, it wasn't really the book. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know how it is. And, Mm -hmm. and I was checking out and the young man who was checking me out at Borders Books just smiled this unbelievable smile. And I thought, wow, look at that. And then I realized I had had this like radiant smile on my face because I was in this blissed out state. And he was just reflecting that back to me. And all week long, it went like that. Like I would see people where I'd normally feel a judgment and I would think, oh, look, I get to have a pink mohawk. Oh, look, I get to drive a Hummer. Oh, look, you know, <laughs> there's me with baggy pants, you know, where, and it was the most beautiful, beautiful experience. And I really made a commitment to myself that this is this is something that's possible to have, you know, on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. I had what what Ken Wilber calls a, a state change, which he he describes these as being inexpensive. And my desire was to have a stage change, a change in my stage of, of emotional, spiritual, personal development. And stages are expensive, right? They require effort, work, continuing attention. And here I am over 20 years later, and quite often, I can move very easily in and out of that state now where I feel that incredible connectedness and oneness. And it's, it makes life so much more enjoyable. Mm, Yeah, when you're saying that I I hear in my own experience and my own mind being in the world, but not of it being able to move literally out of this world and its constructs into the more expanded universal realm and know who you are and 
know that we are all one breath and know that we are source energy and we're down here playing little games with each other. And so what is interesting, Rima, is, you know, when it happened for me, this was close to 20 years ago or a little more than 20 years ago for me as well. When it happened for me, there was definitely moments in my own spiritual awakening process where if I had not had at least a few touch points around me, I would have seriously thought that I needed to go put myself in the psych ward. Yeah. So I'd love to hear how either you support others who are getting awakened or how you supported yourself or both in staying committed to that expanded awareness and the shifting of the attention. Right. That's such a a really important place to be conversing that when we have those big moments of expansion, part of what happens is it's as though a big wave rushes in and we ride this wave and we go all the way up and suddenly we have this view and it's expansive and beautiful and everything is amazing. And we're on the wave and riding the wave. And then as waves do, it recedes. And when it goes out, sometimes it goes out as far as it went up. And suddenly now all the junk that's under the pier and all the detritus on the beach, we can like see all that. And it looks Maybe we saw it before, but now we really see it and we see it in contrast to this beautiful expansion we've just had. And so our life suddenly looks like crap and we want to just pitch it, throw the whole thing out. And it may be that we actually do need to do that. However, most of the people in our lives would say, what are you doing? That's crazy. You need help, right? Stop. That's not okay. If you blow up your life. and There are people who have just done it anyway Mm -hmm. and started over and rebuilt. And it was a a slog, perhaps, or maybe it was magical. And then there are others who tend to try to come at it little by little. And either way you choose is fine. They're both valid. We We can do that a little at a time. And what I have found to be incredibly helpful to me is to not do that work alone. And so I run an annual circle where I have a deep dive connection with a group of women. And we journey all year together through each of the seven queens as archetypes that allow us to explore some of these arenas of our lives. How are we doing with our spirit? spiritual sovereignty, our mental sovereignty, our physical sovereignty, our sexual sovereignty, our emotional sovereignty, our energetic sovereignty, I might have said that one, and then our dharma, which is our medicine, our work in the world. How are we doing in each of those domains? And we don't have to do it all at once. We can go, you know, area by area and look at how we want to shift and hold that energy within ourselves so that we can bring it forward into the world. And You know, they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And I think as women in particular, we thrive in safe community and safe containers that especially ones that have been set up with the intention of holding us as we grow. And that allows us to do this work and and have it not feel so disjointing and, and scary. Yeah. So I would also add, if you want to go really fast, go really slow. <laughs> yeah. You have to slow down to speed up. most of Exactly. The- exactly. So that was the first time I heard the idea of seven queens. And so 
I'd love to have you just slowly repeat those areas because this kind of ties us back to the idea of sovereignty from what, you know, a lot of people, when they think of the word sovereignty, they think, you know, king, queen, the sovereign, right? And so what what I'm hearing is it's not just the big queen, but it's queen in a variety of places and spaces in your life. So can you just repeat those one more time for us? They come from my book, The Seven Queendoms, The Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty. And what I chose to do, because I knew I needed this in my life, was to try to break it down into smaller pieces so that I could have more success a little bit at a time. So the spiritual sovereignty, that domain is overseen by the divine queen, I call her. And once we, and these are loosely connected to the chakras. So it's really cool. There's a whole energetic body of work behind this. Of course. Um, (laughs) When we get into our mental sovereignty, that's when we bring the visionary queen online. When we're working here in the throat chakra, that is about our medicine, our dharma, our purpose, our gifts to the world. That's expressive sovereignty. And so the expressive queen is in charge of that domain. In the heart, we're talking about our relationships. So our emotional sovereignty, are we operating out of emotional debt in our relationships? Are we giving our power away? Are we in a place of being the good girl who will serve everyone and forget to serve ourselves? So that piece of emotional sovereignty is the loving queen. And we have to start really with learning how to truly love ourselves, like not as a platitude, but be in deep loving acceptance of who we are, all of our parts, the the not great parts as well as the great parts. Then we move into the empowered queen and she oversees energetic sovereignty. And this whole idea that I had an energy body was so new for me (laughs) when I found this 10, 12 years ago, it was like, wow, this changes everything. This was the missing piece I wasn't aware of. So she's really important. And then in the As we go down into the sacral, we get the passionate queen who helps us with our sexual sovereignty and tapping into Shakti and life force energy and all of that energy that grows the plants and the flowers and the trees. And we get to we get to be in partnership with that energy as well. And then finally, we have the grounded queen and she supports us with our physical sovereignty and all the ways that we can be in nourishing and nurturing relationship with our body rather than at war with our body, which is what the dominant culture prefers for us to be. If we're at war with our body, we're on our back foot. We're not as powerful. We're insecure. Perhaps we're frightened. We're doubtful. And when we are embodied and in a beautiful loving relationship with our body. We are unstoppable. Wow. You are on fire today, Dr. Rima. That was gorgeous. And I'm going to encourage our listeners to grab your book as well. We are at the end, however, so we are going to have to go. It was such a beautiful conversation with you. So appreciate that. I love the the seven queens, the divine queen, the visionary queen, the expressive queen, the loving queen, the empowered queen, the passionate queen, and the grounded queen. And so listeners, go ahead and get in touch with Dr. Rima if she inspired you today by going to her website or 
acquiring her book or both. And we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling in to our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. You can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. I want to thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.